Welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's podcast that specifically asks, what would a wonderful board game look like if it was just a set of dice or just really poorly written trivia cards? <laughs> I, I'm your uh, I'm your first host, co-founder of Rough Draft Games, uh, slave to it as well, and slave to the beat and the love of the machine that is our fledgling company, uh, Thomas Schungerberg, and with me here, as always, is... Hi, I'm Garrett Lively, Wallace A. Smith's second-grade spelling bee champion. He's got an advantage for today's game. I'm Jeff Lee, the local expert. Well, I'm glad that we have such high-quality uh, high quality titles that you guys are rocking before this episode, because we're going to need them. Because we're going to be asking the age-old question. The one that stumped Confucius. The one <laughs> that made Aristotle lose sleep at night. Are you smarter? Than a fifth grader. Oh, I have a question. Is this the one that made uh, Plato really hit the beer pretty hard? This is, <laughs> this is, this is the one that made him an alcoholic. Man, he was drinking hard after this. <laughs> he needed something harder, so he invented it. Why well, is not doing the trick? Yeah, we're we're gonna be taking a look at the 2007 classic board game that came from the stunning and original reality TV show. Well, no, it's not really a reality show. It's totally a game show, right? Game show. Yeah, game completely show sure. different genre, Tom. What are you doing out here? But we're going to be taking a look at that game today. We're going to be examining the, uh, the the publisher behind it, what kind of stuff they've done. We're going to be taking a look at uh, why we think the game was produced, asking some questions, digging into its past a little bit. And then we're going to start examining the mechanics and uh, the artwork and the story and the theming before finally taking a look at its actual board game geek score, and then we're going to evaluate it ourselves. We're going to give you the more important score after all that, which is, of course, <laughs> our opinion, which matters more than everyone else's for some reason. Depends on if we're smarter than a fifth grader. Garrett, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and start things off, and uh, who, sure. who who published this thing? Who, who Who's at fault for this uh, train wreck of a board game? Uh, this was uh, somewhere in the time when uh, Hasbro went under the... Or Parker Brothers went under the Hasbro license. That's actually interesting. I just wanted to say a lot of people still don't know that, like, because I remember seeing a lot of the board game commercials when I was a kid. There's Hasbro, there's Parker Brothers, and... Milton Bradley. And a lot of people don't know that some of these bigger board game companies wound up swallowing each other up. Yes, yeah, yeah. Parker Brothers is a uh, is was absorbed by Hasbro. Um, which Hasbro like re-released its Parker Brother games. Um, so anyways, yeah, Parker Brothers uh, and Hasbro, um, whichever you may call it, uh, came up with this game in 2007. Uh, they had an old grizzled vet, Michelle Duvall, uh, designed this game. And I believe she's retired now, but she reason. had a bunch of games. Uh... Shame, shame. <laughs> and we we know for a fact that she's grizzled too. We 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 have we have that confirmed, right? Uh, actually, yeah. She so I think she had uh, started designing games for Hasbro in like the eighties. Oh wow. Yeah. What was her first game? Do we know? Uh, I don't know her first game off the top of my head. Uh, I do know that she did Godzilla the board game. She did um, Pokemon Tra Master Trainer 2, and she did the Backyardians game. Oh, she did the um, Backyardians game? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Whoa, that. dude, that's a game changer right there. <laughs> Everyone knows the milestone that was hit when the Backyardigans <laughs> game came out and changed the landscape. That's like we're talking Backyardigans. Settlers of Catan, <laughs> <laughs> same tier. This is like a woo man. I remember the day that came out. That's like where were you when the world stopped? Where, where were you in the backyard against game came out? <laughs> That's right. I <laughs> uh, she also did a, a quite a few of the like I think they're Trivial Pursuit like just little mini games or like travel size things. So you know 
Some people put designer in air quotes for that. I don't. Mm-hmm. Do with that as you will. But today we're reviewing her lowest rated game on Board Game Geek, oh. and that is Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yeah, and and what's interesting is this game came out in around 2007. As I said earlier, this was a game show, but uh, I think what's more interesting, and we, we, we always like to speculate here on the show as to why this game came out at this certain time, and hypothesize really yeah it's more of a hypothesis and and i did a little digging and i think this what's most interesting to examine when it comes to this board game is actually the trajectory of jeff foxworthy's career because this was about sh- to say yeah <laughs> this I show remember. would not exist yeah if it wasn't for the guy who talks about rednecks the, the <laughs> denim man himself is is the reason that we have this board game in front of us uh, so. what was the tour called with um him and denim dad that was the blue collar comedy tour blue collar comedy tour yeah and he was an anchor for sure he was a home run hitter on that one it's it's interesting because a lot of people think that this game came out right at the height of jeff foxworthy's career but really <laughs> intuition would probably tell you otherwise because you're thinking if you're hosting a game show then probably your career might be on a little bit of a downturn. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Are we talking about all game shows here? I mean, can you give me the exception? Drew Carey. Oh, well, I mean, he does owe the Seattle Sounders. So, I mean, how how bad can you be doing, you know, if you if you got your own football team? <laughs> I think back in the 60s and 70s, dude, those guys. That was prime TV, though. Yeah. Then. That, yeah. At that yeah. time, get... that was prime TV. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll agree that different the errors era. are different. Yeah. Yeah. But what's actually interesting about his career is it kind of had two arcs, okay? So, a lot of people think that he was really big when jeff said was which was the blue collar comedy tour when that was coming around but that really that show and the the tour occurred in 2002 jeff foxworthy had his own show on abc in 1995 yeah i remember my parents loved jeff foxworthy they uh they played the here's your sign ta- they had they had like those little cassette tapes and we that we'd play here's on the way to sign. school before they dropped me off in the, the car rider line Pop it in, and I'd, I'd have here's your sign jokes ready to go as I walked into ah ah ah, my friend. That was Bill Engvall. That was another member of oh, the Blue Collar. Oh, oh, my bad. It's funny we meld them all together, and then I think Jeff Foxworthy gets all the credit, except for Get Her Done. Yeah, that's, that's Larry the Cable Guy. Like yeah. we could we could go into the plethora of inside knowledge of the Blue Collar TV. That could be its own podcast, guys. I, I smell a spinoff, <laughs> but for all of our sakes. I'm going to keep it to the big fox man. So he he had he had a show in 1995, got canceled, and then he kind of went into a little bit of hibernation. But then it's just like you said, Jeff, he hit it big with the thing that everyone remembers him for, which is the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. That sort of revitalized his career. He had a sketch comedy show called the uh, Blue Collar Comedy Show, and that had two seasons. It had a good handful of episodes. There's a uh, there's a good amount of guests that are on his show. Let me let me see. I want to just add comedians like lifespans. They their careers just don't they don't age very well, huh? Like I don't know. <laughs> are there any comedians that like you're like oh yeah he's still pretty Ro- funny? Rodney Dangerfield did uh you know he's he's pretty good. He was good all the way up until he was uh really old. Is Jerry Seinfeld still controversial? A Jerry Seinfeld. Ah, he's not really doing much. Larry David's great, though. <laughs> okay, so I have a, a nice list here of guest appearances on Blue Collar TV. Let's hear it. And I'm going to read four names, and I want you to tell me which one of these guests did not appear on Blue Collar TV. All right. Okay? So three of them did. One of them did not. Brad Pitt. Gilbert Godfrey. The band Lone Star. Uh, who should I choose for this last one? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> uh, most of these people I do not recognize. 
professional wrestler abyss i'm gonna go with professional wrestler abyss i'm gonna say gilbert godfrey jeff is correct gilbert godfrey never appeared on the show amazingly none of you took my most obvious bit of bait which was that brad pitt was actually on the show i th- I, I believe that he he was on a couple of uh questionable te- te- questionable <laughs> television shows and the and then but yeah so jeff foxworthy's <laughs> career hit its peak kind of around that area and then afterwards he was riding the wave down he hopped on the board of this show which is a trivia show in which he would uh guide contestants and through a series of questions through general fifth grader knowledge elementary school curriculum uh questions that the guests were asked to uh to see if they could replicate the answers for it. And most of them, there were actually only two winners in the entire history of the show. So we're going to see if we can do better than them tonight. Do you know those two winners? Because they actually tie into our life a little bit. Oh, they do? Yeah. So, uh, and actually, I, I, I don't know if you'd get both of them, but all of all three of us know the first one. Um, and I'll give you a hint, Cherokee County. I don't know. Who is it? Cherokee County. Kathy Cox. Kathy Cox. Oh. Does that name ring a bell? No. She was our superintendent in Cherokee County. When we were in uh, elementary and high school, that's crazy. Go, uh, go, Cherokee County. I'm glad yeah. that our uh, our schools over there are, are hitting it well. Pretty soon, we're mm-hmm. going to get to those levels, and we're going to be able to start competing with Japan. Good thing she won. If she didn't win, that would have been <laughs> would have been really sad. The uh, <laughs> the the second one is apparently an astrophysicist uh, that Jeff may be familiar with, and he because he's actually a professor at Cal, mm. um, George Smoot. Okay. George Smoot doesn't ring a bell. Well, Garrett, how does how does the rest of the board game compare to the actual show itself, where people are navigating through a series of questions? Is it similar at all? What are we What are we working with here? So one of the things they do that is not in the show is they make it competitive, um, and that it's you're competing against other players to to get to the top. You know, whereas on the game show, it's just one contestant's out there and trying to win as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the flaws in that is that they they keep the same format of the the show where one quote unquote contestant is up and they answer all of their questions in a series. So you could potentially win the game in one go. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> Thomas is alluding to his victory here, where he he answered uh, all first through fifth grade questions all but you know two times and then answered the million dollar bonus question. Uh, he knew where gunpowder was invented. Do you still remember? Yep. China. Yeah. I learned that from the China. 2008 Beijing Olympic opening ceremony. <laughs> and I so, was yeah. mad. I actually got to go first, and I was like, I'm going to make a sweep here. And I got to the last question, and that's the only one I didn't get. And I don't even remember what the question was. Do you remember what it was, Garrett? I do, actually. It was, uh, wit- what was the era right after the Civil War called? He still doesn't know. I still don't know. <laughs> he still doesn't know. He didn't learn his lesson. Didn't that's learn why, his lesson. That's why gunpowder. Jeff... That's I knew why Jeff will never be smarter than a fifth grader. It was reconstruction. Reconstruction. So really, the only mechanics we have is just you're answering questions in 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 order. Is there anything that we're missing from the rule book as as to stuff that we just didn't use? There are three pseudo strategic things you can do. You can do your your save, your peak, or your copy. Um, Those are your lifelines, right? For yeah, essentially they're your lifelines. Um, you did use your save during your run, which is how I earned my one thousand dollars because I personally did not get to answer any questions during our round. You can't use it on the last any of those on the last question, right? Correct, correct. None of those, none of those can be used yeah. on the last question. So didn't help. So, those didn't help me at all. So <laughs> essentially, they give you a board, they give you some pieces, they let you move your pieces up and down, 
However, you are just answering 11 trivia questions to declare whether or not you are smarter than a fifth grader. And if you get in a row, you've ended the game early. That's right. You end the game before anyone else gets to This might have been, an and we did end pretty quick. This might have been our shortest playthrough. <laughs> That's why we chose it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We wanted to kill th- kill this game off as quickly as possible, so we were, we were feeding Tom answers as he was going through. Oh, bullshit. Okay. <laughs> so as far as how the game looks, what are we what are we looking at? For the people at home who have uh, who have no uh, visual cues here, Gary, why don't you describe this board? So if you wanted to, you could uh, just turn on your syndicated episode of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? The, the whatever you have on, you know, direct tv or or uh comcast or at&t uverse you pull it up you hit guide you see the show's logo that is the board games box logo right there um your board is essentially a chalkboard it's got some rulers and apple um and it's written in that that lettering text that uh teachers use to teach their students you know the l yeah your uppercase l is upstairs and downstairs while your lowercase g goes down into the basement and then the trivia cards themselves uh so they're categorized by what grade they're coming from they also tell you what subject they're covering and then they do the classic um answer hiding technique where they cover all of the text in this blurry red um just i don't know squiggles and then they give you a card reader to slide the card through with a little red lens so that you can make out the blue lettering behind the red squiggles and read the questions and then reveal the answer at the bottom. It's such a useless mechanic. It's brilliant. <laughs> and why is that brilliant? So if you're red-green colorblind, uh, have fun. You just bought a game you can't play. Think about the demographic, though. The this is for In fifth grade, this was awesome. Like, all the whole... The whole like spy kits and secret whatever is this is this falls right in line with that. This the game would have been is awesome are you smarter grade. than a fifth grader? Not are you as easily entertained by banal <laughs> bullshit as a fifth grader? <laughs> they probably tied those two things together too close. Why? But. The only the only reason I can think that they do that is because they made the cards two sided. So if you're holding a card up, the person across from you can't read the the card on the back. You but know, I, you I, I don't do? know why they did it. You That's, know, you could also cover it up. Do? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Cover I, it I up. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> they could have done that apparently parker brothers was not smarter than a fifth grader in this design no. however they chose to go with the neat red it was neat reveal lens. i thought it was pretty yeah, neat right. it's better than if they had passed around like a filtered like like 3d glasses with like a filtered lens or whatever and you had to put it on instead instead of using the that would have been great <laughs> just <laughs> like pass on these idiot glasses around to see it i would have i would have scored it higher you should have had to. <laughs> you should have had to use a decoder ring and like yeah, take exactly. twenty minutes in order to solve a I would have loved puzzle. It. it would have been most thematically appropriate to give everybody a scantron to answer their. Questions oh my gosh, on. that would have been great. You have to feed it through the God. machine and it incorrectly grades it because it was on the wrong tick mark. Or I just I bubble in answer key. Then I enjoyed the fifth grade nostalgia. I figured, uh, you know, that's that's when all three of us peaked. So that was a that was a good time for us. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, we're we're following Jeff Jeff Fothworthy's, uh trajectory here so not much for components here but as far as the artwork goes as far as appreciating the beautiful box plastered with mr jeff Foxworthy's face <laughs> what, what, what what can you tell us about that department there jeff uh his clip art i mean so like garrett said you can pull if you were to google like classroom images or whatever or classroom stickers <laughs> like you would have gotten the same images an apple a worm some chalk uh and then these little likes class signs or whatever that said like first grade second grade third grade whatever up to fifth grade and then on one side was like just like dollar amounts um thousand dollars up to what was a hundred thousand dollars some arbitrary number to win Um, (laughs) i think it was exactly what they used in the game show yeah so it's it didn't um i I guess just for for parody but in the 
in the sense of the board game, it didn't matter what it was. So the art was nothing unique, uh, nothing really special, nothing really... You can say, I guess, that it tuned to the theme, I guess. But like Garrett said, it would have been awesome to have a Scantron instead of just answering questions out loud. One thing it did have, I, I will say, is it had a nice little game tray to put all the little trivia questions. And that was by far my favorite part of the game. Being able to organize the pieces that you never got to use. That's underrated. <laughs> that was the best thing about play. the game, guys. Wow, love, thanks. These look so nice and fresh and unique. And I uh, I don't even get to touch them and play with them. This is cool. A lot of good <laughs> games don't have that. I'll, be, I'll, I'll say that. A lot of really good games don't have good organization. I would take a game with bad organization over a bad game with good organization. This is just... I think, I think we all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As far as the social factor, but we... Okay. Here's, I'm going to let our audience in on this. So we have a we have our sheet, our outline that we try and make for every single episode. Just going to give you a peek behind the curtain. And we always have social factor written down. <laughs> I love it. It always makes me laugh because I'm just like, what's the social factor for this game, are you going to be able to make friends? Will I be able to make friends if I play this game, Jeff? Uh, no. <laughs> Unless is, is that my fault or the game's fault? You know, you probably bought the game for a reason, and that's the that core reason you can't change, regardless or not if you bought the game. So <laughs> I, I think, I think deep down, the social factor is you're not going to make many friends playing the game. I will say, like, I can imagine. What's really funny is I can imagine, like. You know, we had these teachers, like the ones that like they didn't want to teach that day. So they put on a movie and they made like a two hour movie into like three weeks of curriculum. <laughs> I, I can see them doing that for this. But like, <laughs> like make setting aside, quote unquote, special time that the class earned uh, to, to play. Uh, Are you smarter than a fifth grader in sixth grade? And then the teacher could just like watch ESPN while they're on their computer. Or something. <laughs> but I like I, I that's you know, that's where I see like this. This is I see this meant for your sixth graders and your struggling seventh graders <laughs> so this is just a way for sixth graders on the playground to feel better than the fifth graders so they can bully them this is a this is a tool for bullying this is a That's tool for <laughs> bullying but yeah i mean de demographic wise like obviously we we like just ran through uh everything except for the last question but if you imagine if you were you know a sixth or seventh grader you're like oh, i don't remember this i learned this just last year that was like 20 percent of my life ago um and they just can't remember all the questions it's it, it could be difficult for them and trivia question trivia games then i guess uh, are a bit more fun than for us but wasn't difficult for me i made it all the way through you answer the same amount of questions as i did to be fair i didn't use any of my hints that's ah, just bad strategy on your part <laughs> uh but uh why don't we why don't we take a look at what some of the people on board game geek thought of this garrett so what what, what are some of our stats that we got here how many how many people have made the mistake of purchasing this game? We had 206 reviews on Board Game Geek, which I am shocked by. Um, it's a name factor, right? You have like well, not not just that. I understand that that many people will be buying the game, but not that that many people are also on Board Game Geek and reviewing yeah, this. That's just fair. because I, I feel like those two audiences don't um, intermingle that much. Yeah. However, uh, it came out to a 4.2 on Board Game Geek. As I mentioned earlier, this was Mrs. or Miss Duval's uh, lowest rated game that I found. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, 4.2 on Board Game Geek. Uh, not the worst game we've reviewed, but but certainly not a great game. Uh, pretty pretty horrid score. You know what's interesting is you said that you're surprised that there was 206 ratings, but I I, I want to make a note to our audience that this game was actually popular enough for them to make a second edition. <laughs> They released an entirely separate board game, which is just the same game with different trivia questions. Sold it for a market price of what was like 25 bucks at the time, I think. And they mm -hmm. just churned yep. that sucker right out. That's like a million dollars in today's money. 
I mean, inflation, man, it gets really bad. I mean, <laughs> 2007 was a pretty crazy year. So, what are what are people saying on the about the game? Do we have any actual comments, or are we just working with the score gear? One of my favorite reviews was titled "Coming to a Thrift Store Near You," uh, and he goes on to say that he predicts by the summer or fall 2008, thrift stores will be inundated with this quote unquote game. That is from Paul Mond on Board Game Geek. Actually, Tom Vassell reviewed this. He has a video that I I, <laughs> I, I haven't watched. I just see, I'm just seeing this right now. Shout out to the uh, Dice but, Tower, good guys. That's right. Tom Vassell has an in-depth review that you can pull up on YouTube and watch for yourself. For are you smarter than a fifth grader? Uh, and the most recent review, by the way, ten years ago from Chip Chuck Reviews. So we are the first uh, board game entity to be reviewing this game in ten years. Opening wow. up that time capsule. I'm quite honored. I, I found a review on uh, Board Game Geek uh, by Happy Josiah. I'm just going to push up my glasses here as I say this. Apparently, the answer to the game's titles question is yes. Of the 30 <laughs> questions that came up, I was only remotely challenged by one or two of them. This is clearly a game for dumb parents to play with their smart kids. Clearly. Also, for no particular reason, it only accommodates four players. Finally, the player going last has a huge advantage. What? As they can simply choose to stop when they have the winning amount and have nothing to lose by taking a guess at lower amounts. So I disagree uh, with the strategy. Yeah, or we can just run through the game. Yeah, just, yeah, dude, just, just run through, bro. If you go first, Gary, you didn't even get to go because you were Yeah, you didn't even get to play. That's right. Yeah. Well, I had the, I had the best advantage. So. Sorry, you. happy Josiah. I, I completely disagree. Um, on the other hand, some other places that we found some, there's some more lenient uh, reviews, I think, on Amazon. The grandson loves this game, and I will play it with him every day if allowed. Great, fun, and educational. <laughs> and the person posting that is Silver Fox. Is this <laughs> Ladies. I, yeah, I expected Amazon to have the 200 reviews, not Board Game Geek. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Amazon's just niche... got 19. So <laughs> I expected those. That's crazy to be swapped. Flipped. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. So poorly rated across board game geek. It seems it's decently rated on, you know, your shop shopping sites. Mm -hmm. um, how does this all factor into, I, by the way, I found this on Amazon between 18 and $25. Yeah. Uh, on Walmart, walmart.com was selling it for about $20. Uh, it is currently out of stock. I'm sorry to say, but they did sell the Ouch. page up for it where you could get it for twenty dollars. Oh, thank God. Um, and on the board game geek market, you can buy it for eight to ten dollars. I personally went to my nearest half price books, got it for three dollars in the clearance section. I'm starting what to notice a kind of a theme with the price that what you're getting hunter. these board games for, Garrett. Uh, <laughs> what a bargain hunter! Uh, I only have one more game with uh, that we'll be reviewing in an upcoming episode that I found at three dollars. So uh, don't you worry. This we're gonna add so much variety to this show. And then we gotta break open the piggy bank to afford those five dollar games after that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll have a sponsor by then. Half price books. <laughs> so what would you have paid for this game, Garrett, if you weren't doing <clears> this for purely research purposes? Of course. This is the first game. So the other games I was I was. You know, I felt pretty good about spending three dollars on it. This is the first game that I am not very pleased with my purchase. Uh, you guys uh, can't see me, but I'm grimacing because I'm in agreement. Like, so that's so true. I think I think I paid about a hundred percent more than I should have, and I would, I would purchase this game. Mm -hmm. I I would purchase this game at uh, one fifty. Ouch! All right, uh, Jeff. What about you, sir? Yeah, that's a, bu I, that's like, a buck fifty, by the way. Buck at, fifty. Oh God! At three dollars, I'm like, man, I could go. I can go to McDonald's and get. <laughs> I can. I there's so much more enjoyment that I could have had 
elsewhere spending that three dollars i can buy three scratch offs like I, I just do we even have a category where there's a game i wouldn't even buy would i just put it at zero sure yeah put it at zero or, I, or... I wouldn't even i wouldn't have even bought this game like <laughs> i if i just wanted to find trivia online there's this and there was no even like game mechanics to weave in the trivia like mm-hmm. like at least new moon had where there's like a rolling mechanic it it just it didn't do it for me i i wouldn't have even bought the game i i'll put if we have to put zero or if we have to put a penny i'll put a penny so one cent from jeff okay so i i got a little bit of a formula here i'm gonna let our listeners in on a little thing that i do pretty much in everyday life this is this is how i this is my philosophy and how i approach restaurants generally almost all experiences oh oh boy friendships that friendships too (laughs) This is a way of life, okay? I'm going to I'm going to open your minds and I'm going to expose you to something that's going to it's going to be like the matrix. You're never going to be the same. You're going into the mirror, you're going to be waking up and you're going to see the world for what it really is and there's going to be a bunch of weird robots and people living in slimy pods all around you. All right? I can I can't believe you're bringing this up. Here this it is comes. amazing. That's great. I can't this wait. This is the 3P approach to life, okay? There's three P's that you're generally looking for when you want to go to a good restaurant, just for example, okay? (laughs) There's three P's. This is all you need. First P that you're looking for, if you're judging a restaurant or a board game or anything, is price, okay? You want to get get a deal, all right? So, go for a low price. Second P is portion, all right? Are you getting a lot for a little? That is the key to having a good time in life. So not only are you not paying that much, but you're also getting a you're getting a quite quite a bit. It's a good ratio right there. Yeah. And the third P is pretty good. <laughs> That's the most important P. That's right? the, most the most important, important one. P it doesn't have sure. to be doesn't have to be excellent. It doesn't have to be great. It's just gotta be pretty good. And it can't be bad. It can't be god awful. No, it can't be god awful. It can't be and I actually am of the opinion that pretty good is better than good. Like pretty, okay. pretty good is like, you know, you have a bite of a burger and you kind of do the double eyebrow raise and you, for some whoa. reason, kind of like, oh, uh. hey, whoa. You know, it's a little, you're caught off guard. Whoa. Pretty, pre- oh. Yeah, pretty good implies a little bit of surprise. Yeah, it's like, whoa, like, hey. That's, that's wow, this is expected. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> Based on what I paid for yeah. this, I, I'm, I wasn't I'm expecting that. Basically, impressed. go to a Cracker Barrel and look for dads <laughs> eating the hash browns. And you're going to get lots first of bite, examples. First bite, that, both eyebrows shoot up. It's like, Dad, you had that like last week. Yeah, it's still good. It's still pretty good. Do you know how much I paid for this? So that is the approach to life. And that is also the approach to these board games, which I utilize. Okay? Now, for the price, Garrett, you paid three bucks. That's right. Okay? For a portion, how much game did we get? Well, if we're looking at playtime, not, not much. too much. We didn't even make it to your round. So if I'm looking to entertain some guests, I paid $3. But I got 10 minutes of entertainment, my man. And that is not, that ain't going to cut it. Not here, not now. And <laughs> pretty as far expensive as, if you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. chart it out to an hour, right? As, as far as the pretty good goes, I don't think so, my friend. That uh, that little red colorblind deal that they had on the uh, the little the decoders that you would slide your card into. Didn't like the font. Left a bad taste in my mouth. My eyebrows did not shoot up. I was kind of shaking my head going, I don't know about that. That was, which is the exact opposite of a pretty good. That's a pretty bad. Fork on the plate, push it away. And you say, maybe next time. And you go, excuse me, miss. (laughs) I need you to come get this for me. We're really running a lot further with the Cracker Barrel example (laughs) than I thought we would. So I would would clock this game in at a penny. Same with you, Jeff. I'm not going to waste my time on this. All right. It's nowhere nowhere near where I need it to be in order for me to uh, invest a valuable board game night. Cause it's hard for me to throw those out in here in Los Angeles. There's a lot of busy That's folks. Right. 
and they like to do things like going to movies and going to bars and being social. Play cards against humanity. Yeah, and uh, you know clearly their schedule is. It has no room for games like this, and I will not <laughs> abide and buy and waste their time. Yeah, just as bad as that it'll take up board game shelf room. You know, even if you paid for it with a penny, you're just like, man. That's this real could be, estate. This could be space in L.A. too. <laughs> yeah. You know how much that real estate costs? You got to save you up put that, that on stuff. Airbnb. <laughs> put your board game shelf space <laughs> on Airbnb and just let like nine. How's people. your cards against humanity here? It'll be yeah. $5 a month. It's not big. It's a studio space. You can only fit Love Letter into the slot. That's that's it's the biggest you can go. We didn't give our personal ratings. Jeff, what would you rate? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I think just from the fact that there wasn't much to play, this is probably going to be my lowest one. I'm going to give it like a I'm going to give it a one. It's just trivia. It's just like a bunch of trivia questions. There's no real like I don't really think there's much of a game mechanic to it. Um, and there's yeah there's nothing you're just answering it and just hoping that you get a string of easy questions and you can just run through it no, and you didn't even get to play Garrett I mean I you're right I've been waiting for the moment that Jeff gives a board game a one on our on our podcast so I'm I'm thoroughly thrilled by this this is bad um, it was so bad I know I Jeff is Jeff is grimacing he's not pleased that we played he's even less pleased that he lost uh I'm in a hundred percent agreement I'm giving this a one uh I'm giving it a one point five. <laughs> is that because you won <laughs> you're just doing that because you won yeah i am Contrarian. think about the repercussions tom one day we're to come across a game that is objectively better than this and it might be rated lower See, because we could come across a game that is objectively worse than this and you guys have already bottomed out so now what are you gonna no, do no 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 i know i i can i can put i can go lower I, I put Broccoli at one as well. You, uh, well, you see, you're saying that this and Broccoli are the same, there. so I don't necessarily agree with your math, sir. Yeah, he's just, more of he's, a game This is there. equally as bad as Broccoli, okay. and this this ripped off less from an already standing game. Oh, my God. Okay, well, if you guys at home also disagree with Garrett's math, you can reach out to us at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. We love to hear from you guys and uh, chat board games and anything, anything awful that you guys have found. If you guys have any specific games that you've found or that are in your your closet space that are caked in dust that you're thinking we have to play hey it might be worth the purchase price maybe we'll go out there and if it's a 3p experience i might even pick it up myself uh what other ways can the uh, audience get in contact with us care they can also get in touch with us uh through email roughdraftgames at gmail.com if you are silver fox and you want to explain your rating if you're michelle duvall and you want to tell us all about the design process we'd love to hear from you quote unquote design process we would definitely host a bonus episode uh, where we got to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and roughdraftgames at gmail.com. Uh, and if you guys want to check out some of our other content, including our thematic posts and uh, and obviously our podcast and check out our game, you can go to roughdraftgames.com and, and shoot us a line there. You'll also get to see Garrett's unboxing videos for this, which uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it's excellent, Garrett. I'm sure you have a you really go in depth and peel back the layers of, uh, of this board game on on camera as opposed to just the podcast medium that's right uh we have youtube graciously hosting my unboxing videos where i show you anything and everything that i buy from half press books you know you gotta hand it to youtube you know it's almost like you can submit anything to them and they'll host it you know (laughs) (laughs) they found out my secret (laughs) all right we'll catch you guys later bye bye